This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Gary Cocker, and definitely not as a result of not doing any research, I am your host tonight. Joining me is the man himself, Craig Fowler. Hello. How are you? You're very lucky that uh, I was able to join the show then, weren't you? Well, I mean, I have done some research, but I mean, <laughs> yes. in terms of... <laughs> yes, yes, we will. I'll let Duncan say that, and obviously, Duncan Mackay is joining us too. Hello. Hello. How are we doing? All the stars are here tonight. So we uh, were delayed by a day for various reasons, mostly work-related. In, yeah, in a way. You, you guys had nowhere to record. Yeah, yeah um, work-related. Yeah, which you know we wasn't. couldn't we couldn't make the show work. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It was an operational issue. And I also wanted you guys to record out your phones, which obviously nobody wants that. No, we've heard the complaints, and that is why we've upgraded to this. Magnificent we're, studio. we're not having another infamous pub episode, um, put it that way. Um, so we are going to be doing what the Glasgow boys usually do, which is a bit of a preview, uh, preview review of the weekend's mm-hmm. action. Um, but before that, uh, I'm looking at Duncan here. You can look Duncan, at me all you like. You have a head. Yes, did I like you it. head the ball when you were a kid. I did usually with a, a mitre moldmaster. It explains a lot, but why don't you tell us about the... Uh... So, yeah, I mean, yesterday the news came through that uh, the SFA, in conjunction with the football associations in England, Northern Ireland and Wales, are all banning heading for under-12s. Uh, and then it's a um, progressive uh, introduction uh, after that. Um, and I think that it was based entirely on scientific research. I think most of it's uh, conducted uh, in at the University of Glasgow. And I think it's just something that we, we should acknowledge that actually uh, we might not get to European Championships and World Cups, but we still are influencing the world of football uh, and in, in terms of doing best practice for uh, what could potentially uh it potentially looks like a huge crisis for footballers uh, that have recently retired from the game and uh, are uh, you know, 20 years into retirement now with CTE and head traumas and, and brain damage and, and dementia. Uh, and I think that is something that, uh, that I know it enraged a lot of Daz on, uh, on Twitter, um, but actually will be hugely beneficial to uh, the next generation of, of, of talent uh, in the same way that we don't want to get to a situation where you have, which has happened to boxing and is happening in American football at the moment, you have lots and lots of NFL players who do not allow their children to participate in American football. Uh, and I don't think we want to be in a situation where that happens with footballers because it's a game that we all absolutely love 
and we and uh, we shouldn't be we shouldn't be endangering people's health uh, to allow it to happen. So but what about those who say that this research is based on footballers from past generations who were heading much heavier balls? Are the current footballs any? Do they pose any danger to children? Uh, yeah, I think that's. I think the scientists have said that it's not actually about the weight of the balls at the, at the moment. It's it's the velocity that they're used at, and so you're probably getting hit with a ball right now. Uh, it's the same as getting hit by the same. Um, uh, yeah, like, again, we've all had the mighty mold master. Uh, yeah, it's it's not a pleasant experience, uh, but again, it's the it's the repetition if you're constantly heading. Um, and again, that is that's we're trying to prevent concussions. I think the other thing with uh, CTE is that I think the studies in the States, which have obviously been linked more to American football, show that you have to, I think it's only in an autopsy that it's possible to actually diagnose that particular condition. Um, And obviously not every family will go through that for various reasons because, you know, people can die for all sorts of reasons and you're not necessarily going to go with an autopsy. So there could actually be a much wider prevalence of this that we just don't know about. It could be a... um, well, not a secret killer as such, but yeah, no, and we want we want to preserve the game. We want everyone to to be playing the game for as long as possible. Uh, and I think that it's uh, we should. <laughs> I mean, it sounds daft to say that people should be applauded for following the scientific research, which says tells you that something's quite dangerous. Um, and that seem don't that get seem, people have had enough of experts. People like, have had enough of experts. All right, uh, seems like it's a controversial opinion. Um, <laughs> it's, I don't know what is happening to this world. Because we'll be rubbish at football because we can't head the ball. Oh, yeah, because we're so good right now. <laughs> Didn't oh. do Christoph Berra any harm. But, the, <laughs> but, I mean... Exactly, where would he be? Where, he wouldn't have had a career. You're taking away people's livelihoods, Duncan. Guy looks happy about that. <laughs> no, uh, no uh, but... Uh, three, two clean sheets in a row, okay? Christoph's got his plus points. CB7. Yeah. Um... <laughs> There's still ways to get around it. Like I don't, I don't think it's suddenly going to make people much worse at heading. They're just going to have to practice it. But the fact of the matter is, practice it without hitting yeah. their head. Aug- aug- <laughs> augmented reality, virtual reality. Like these things will make things a lot easier. I don't have the solutions. I'm not a solutions person. Okay. <laughs> Chris Boyd will be raging at that. So now you're telling kids you have to buy virtual reality to practice heading. I will. The, can you guarantee that it will definitely rile Chris Boyd? Yeah, but I uh, yes, yeah, well then, yes, that's exactly what I'm suggesting we should do. <laughs> you need to check your privilege at the door, Duncan. Sorry. Speaking of checking things at the door, Rangers checked their title ambitions. What remained of them at the door, surely, at McDermott Park at the weekend as they succumbed to a two-all draw with everybody's favourite Perth team that plays in light blue, St. Johnson. Um, Craig, I'm going to go to you first. Was this a surprise for you, or do you think this is something that we could have all predicted would happen after the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I don't think this is a, pr- a surprise whatsoever. Rangers... Oh, wait, hang on. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm still recovering for the weekend. Rangers have been just not looked like they did in the first half of the season uh, in these last few, few weeks. And I think it shows you how dominant they were early in the campaign and how I think a lot of people thought they would really push on and actually take the title from Celtic after that win at New Year the fact that they're still on track to finish with 90 points this season <laughs> but it's uh, that's on track to finish 13 behind Celtic so I mean over the course of the season if Rangers can pick things up you maybe have some sympathy for Steven Gerrard but at this moment in time it doesn't actually look like they're going to finish with 90 points because there's just so many members of the Rangers team that aren't playing like they did early in the season Morelos has looked a shadow of himself uh, in, in 2020 for the most part they've still yet to have anybody kind of step up as the kind of supporting f- number 10s in Gerrard's 4-3-3 although it'll be interesting to see whether he sticks with the change in kind of formation after Camberry came off the bench to partner Morelos in, in the last game and even members of the midfield Stephen Davis hasn't been particularly great this year Glenn Kamara's been quite poor for the most part Ryan Jack hasn't been as good as he was early in the campaign they've had injuries to Tavernier and Barisic when both those guys play Rangers win when they don't they do tend to struggle and it's all just kind of come together to make this an absolute nightmare for Rangers fans because they're definitely not winning the league this season of course one of the uh, things that Stephen Gerrard couldn't legislate for if you will is Nikola Katic Having a bit of a mare, Duncan. Um, that's a, that's maybe another one you could go to. Katic was very good early in the campaign, and, and now is not. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> fans were quite happy that he kind of 
came to the fore once again and made himself the preferred partner to Goldson. I know that Hellander's injury problems have kind of necessitated that as well, but Katic was uh, seen as a kind of fan's favourite last year. Then he was kind of jumped for Joe Worrell. Fans, I think, pointed the finger at Gerrard and said, well, that was kind of your fault. You took away some of his confidence. But now it just kind of seems that Katic is that sort of player who uh, just have these, yeah, have these spells of being good and have these spells of being quite rubbish because he was very rubbish against St. Johnson. Yeah, especially for that first goal. But, I mean, I get in. Uh, point, uh, Neil McCann in the studio uh, uh, on the sports scene was right. When you look back, it's a terrible goal to concede and Katic bears responsibility for that. But at the same time, as you do have to highlight what on earth... Goldson and Halliday were doing as well because they are just jogging. Like that is not that's that's not the sign of defenders who are playing for each other. Um, again, again, Katic should look so impressive, but uh, and it's having a bomb scare. So that's when you're that's when you need your teammates to to step up and and do the extra things. That, you know, check their runs to make sure that uh, you know that they're going to be there to cover you if you are having an absolute uh, nightmare like he was. Um. We probably shouldn't ignore uh, St. Johnson as well. I think it's, it's always easy to laugh at the old firm print. Uh, they drop points, but uh, the reason that they're dropping and, points... And fun too. It's very fun. Um, but obviously one of the reasons for that is that St. Johnson have had a little bit of an uptick in form and they're now only five points off the top six. Now, given that this was a team that I very stupidly said, they're down, they're definitely down in October. Um, <laughs> why? Why? Because I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> But given that that was the position they're in, um, do you think it's they've left it slightly too late? Given they've got they do have a game in hand, uh, which is actually against Rangers again, um, which will be fun for them. Um, but they've only got six games in which to make up a deficit of five points, uh, the, six points um, up to Hibs, I think. So, is it too late for them? I mean, obviously, so Hibs are in sixth. Yeah. So that's yes. the last. Yeah, I think it's I think it's too late for them just because I also don't think they are one of the six best teams in the league. Uh, as impressive as they have been recently I still think the team I think Hibs are a better team than St Johnson I think Livingston are as well at least to prove it over the course of the season so yeah I wouldn't I mean I wouldn't be too surprised considering the form they're on but I, yeah I don't, I don't think they'll make it up but considering that you predicted to be relegated and I think a lot of people thought well is this the end for Tommy Wright because they have they didn't end last season particularly well the kind of hangover went well into this season I mean pretty much the turn of the year and it kind of looked like it might be the beginning of the end for him. Now that certainly no longer looks to be the case. Although there is some storm clouds on the horizon. You've seen... Um, Literally see- with that pitch as well. Sorry. He talked about it. It doesn't matter. The storm clouds on the horizon on the pitch. No, he was. He said that... It was Saturday, Low-lying Saturday, cloud. <laughs> Sunday's game could have been off if there had been uh, uh, any right, more rain. Like it, but that, yeah. that, that, was, right. that was bad. Yeah, sorry. It's all right. But all I was going to say is that um, there's talk of um, the Browns um, selling up or not being involved in the in the club following. Uh, I would you not. Know, I, no, yeah, I, I, I'm not, not not sure. I would. I would like that if I was a St. Johnston fan. No, um, and as well as that, the I the think ch- Tommy Wright might like it. Yeah. Well, uh, you say that, but then well, it would be Tommy Wright and the chief executive. Yeah, I suppose. Better the, better the devil, you yeah. know. Um, and I think the other thing is that uh, St. Johnston have talked a lot about the fact that. They, I think this season they budgeted for a cup run and top six. Why um, do clubs do this? Um, as a Dundee fan and as a Hearts fan, me and Craig are going to plead the fifth on this. But <laughs> um, but what the what the chairman's come out and said is that um, they're going to have to cut their cloth even further next season, um, which is probably quite worrying times. Although you imagine, even with his recent uptick in form, um, just getting rid of Stevie May would probably solve that in one fell swoop. I wonder who bought in that squad that was putting them into a top section cup run this, budget. This is the slightly confusing thing because um, obviously St. Johnson have cut their playing squad fairly significantly this season. I, well, I, I, I'm just kind of thinking, or maybe imagine O'Halloran and Swanson would probably still be on a fair whack of money despite the fact, I think there were some war- yeah. warning signs when they came back. Yep. And, uh, and Stevie May, of course, as well. And they've sold Matt to Kennedy. Oh, yeah. As well, but it's... Um, but I think at, at the very least, St. Johnson fans were able to look at, at the next few months as a chance to just... Um, consolidate maybe if all of the right pieces fall somehow they could push for the top six but I am now going to give them the reverse kiss of death and say they're safe definitely safe uh, they're definitely safe yeah. they're not going to finish in the bottom two no they're, 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 there's too much there's too many players in form right now 
the defence is actually starting to look good as well. Jason Kerr, I thought he was at fault for both goals, but apart from that, he had a good game at the weekend. Jamie McCart actually looks like a really good addition. I wasn't really convinced by that signing. Didn't think it was what they needed, but since he's came in, that defence has really settled down. And I think it was on... Was it last Friday's show or the Friday before the A View for the Terrace? Joel talked about Stevie May and Chris Kane and them looking like a good partnership. Stevie May looks good with Callum Hendry as well, who's very slowly starting to look like a player. He's, he seems to have been there, is it the start of last season he joined or start of the season before? Feels like the start of the season before. Feels like he's been there for ages and just yeah, occasionally was, yeah. shows up off the bench and doesn't do much. But this season, he's starting to look like a player. And with May... I mean, it's five goals and nine, I think. Yeah, it is, yeah. So it's not exactly, you know, plundering it's, goals left, right and centre. But, but it's but a it, lot for St. Johnston. Yes, and it's also very encouraging uh, for those who want to see the old Stevie May back. And another team that is in a, what I'm going to call a mid-table limbo with St. Johnston is Kilmarnock, who had the joy of travelling to Celtic Park at the weekend. They did go ahead thanks to an Eamon Brophy penalty, but they succumbed to a 3-1 defeat in the end. Um, I don't know if we want to start with Kilmarnock on this. Well, um, as Craig Anderson said in the group chat, they scored far too early uh, <laughs> for them to get anything out of a game at Celtic Park. Um, they should have scored even earlier, though. Yes. They should yeah, have had a penalty yeah, before yeah. they got a penalty, and that was the... Uh, <sighs> Neil Lennon, come on, man. Managers do this all the time, so I don't want to just pick on Lennon, but it drives me nuts. Like, complaining about the penalty he gave away because it was offside beforehand. I mean, a couple of minutes later, your your player basically tried to collect a rebound like he was a basketball player. <laughs> there was a stick-on penalty, you got away with it, so stop moaning about the one you gave away. Yeah, it wasn't uh, Simunovic's finest hour either. Like, it was just... I, I don't know what he was thinking. Uh, I mean, that's... That's he has he has that in his locker far too often, and that's probably the reason why he's at Celtic and not uh, even a a bigger club is because he has far too many heads gone moments. Um, Talking about streaky defenders, he's a streaky defender as yeah. well. I mean, ultimately, though, I mean Neil Lennon couldn't complain because uh, his side benefited from what looked like a bit of a soft red card. Oh yeah, there the was that as well. It was, oh, it was definitely um, a first challenge. I'm not even sure it's a yellow. Uh, I suppose you can give it. It's not one you can. Complain a bit too much, I suppose, but the second one's just ridiculous. Plays the ball; it's not particularly reckless. I don't get what the referee saw there. I, I thought on I thought on first view and it was a stick on yellow. Did I think you? It was, yeah, yeah, but I think it was just that I think it was. I suppose that you're conditioned because you know it's that you know you've seen the the you've seen it on flash scores and stuff. Like what's going to happen? Um, but I just thought he looked uh, a bit reckless. Uh, but again, I, I, like I could, I could, I could, I could have been convinced otherwise. Um, but, yeah, I, d- but, I don't think so. <laughs> I, think, I don't think there was much. I don't even think there was much contact with Frimpong. It seemed to be a clean take on the ball. The ball changed direction. Played the ball before the man. I don't think he was going particularly quickly. He was going in a wee bit hard, but no, nothing to produce a, a yellow card. I mean, it wasn't the most stick on red, red double booking of the weekend. No, we'll certainly get, we'll get, not. We'll get to that, but yeah, I thought. I mean. We talk, we talk about uh, Celtic, like just Edward's pass for uh, um, Griffith's chance. He just slides it through. I think it was one of my favourite passes I've seen, just because it was just so perfect. It was Griffith's. Uh, you should have should have finished that. Just like just he put just the right amount of pace on it. It was. I was just like I would if I was at that game. It's the sort of pass you'd purr at, and then you, yeah, yeah. Because there's been a lot of talk, obviously, about the fact that Griffiths and Edward are two incredible strikers but they've not necessarily formed a partnership they both just tend to be excellent without always interacting with each other but do you think that's now i think they've looked come to a, fruition a little yeah i think they've looked like a bit disjointed but you know i don't think they've had i think they've looked good whenever they've played with each other i don't think they've had many opportunities in the past have they i thought it was always griffiths and dembele that were kind of thrown yeah. together and that never really looked like working but edward and griffiths actually seem to have some sort of understanding with each other and Lennon certainly looks like he now prefers the, the three five two system which obviously he was also a big fan of at Hibs as well. Uh, one thing about this game talking about the kind of system uh, Alan, uh, Alan McGregor Callum McGregor uh, was uh, back to being the deep line of the midfield three with uh, Scott Brown missing out and I don't know more I see of that more I think that might be the best version of Callum McGregor. So that's a long term solution then? Once Brown goes, yeah, 
Yeah, why the hell not? Well, I mean, if, the, he's the, not, if he's not tempted away by a, a four pence move to Leicester City, but. I still think they'll, they'll need a uh, enforcer. I, I don't, I, I don't think Callum McGregor will actually leave Celtic. I'm not entirely. He, he, th- he gives the impression of someone who gets a little bit homesick as soon as he, as soon as he uh, leaves Lanarkshire. I'm not uh, you know, a thirty mile radius. I'm also not entirely convinced he's, for lack of a better word, sexy enough as a footballer to attract serious money from the English Premier League. He could probably get signed by a, a mid-table club for something like 50 to 20 million, but Celtic would probably demand more, and McGregor might not be like Tierney and I think one of the factors of the of the game we talked about we've talked about so many times on the, the podcast, but um, I suppose this is one of the difference between Celtic and Rangers is the uh, the ability of Celtic centre halves to want to take the ball out of defence absolutely terrifies everyone in Scottish yeah. football. Like it's just and you saw it so many times, um, like just how how clubs how teams just cannot deal with the idea of a, a marauding defender yeah especially Christopher Iyer he's, yeah. he's especially the give, the give and go as well he's the best at Scottish football at the moment and it, I've said it loads of times on the show it's, it's such a skill to have because it, it, teams putting everybody behind the ball against you that's somebody else to suddenly have to think about and it creates more gaps can I just say that if Callum McGregor does go to Leicester there are rumours that uh, Rogers wants to sign him at least then he might play less than 60 games a season, which will mean that you'll actually... Did Rodgers not play him about 60 games a season as well, though? Yeah, but Leicester just won't have that many games. <laughs> All right, I suppose that. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well there might be. Yeah. Maybe playing in the Champions League. Yeah, that's the problem. Um, but I'm sure there would at least be some element of squad rotation, surely, which would mean that he could then perform well for Scotland. No, who knows? Maybe, maybe Callum McGregor is fine playing all these games. We don't have the results. Everybody says, oh, it's ridiculous. He needs to get a rest. I'm sure they're looking at this, and maybe every day in training, he's still got the most stamina. Maybe he's just... Maybe he doesn't have a red zone. Yeah, exactly. Maybe if he was a long-distance runner, he'd be the best in the world, I don't know, 10,000 metres, and run them every day. So we've we've covered the top two, uh, the games involved in the top two. And Scotland's new Mo Salah. Uh, not Mo, Mo, Mo Salah, Mo Farah. Sorry. Mo Salah? Mo Salah. I mean, that was worth interrupting my link first. Yeah, um, <laughs> so we... So we've covered the games involving the top two. Let's go to the race for third. I know what you're thinking. I'm going to go to Pataudry, but I'm not. I am going to Hibs 1, Livingston 1. Could these be the two teams which eventually overhaul the faltering Aberdeen and Motherwell above them? I don't know. They're all rubbish. They are. <laughs> Look at Duncan. They are the two. Hibs and Livy are the two teams that have an element, an element of momentum behind them. They don't, they, they, you know, they're not. Um, you know, both Motherwell and Aberdeen have, have are have going through sticky patches. Whereas uh, Livingston, no, they're not going to be particularly great away from home, and they're quite happy because they will just batter fuck out of you, the, the Tony Macaroni and the Hibs. Uh, resilience this season has been more surprising that well, under under Jack Ross, not not this season, that's for sure. It's been more surprising than uh, they've been more sticky. I think in terms of coming back from is resilience uh, the right word? Considering you can con- con- uh, continually throw away leads and did again at the weekend. That is a very good point. Uh, <laughs> well, I suppose what, what what word would you use then? Like just well, yeah, resilience probably to degree because they're not losing. A lot of games, right? But mm, yeah, you're right. That's a, that is a very fair point. Resilient with a crap defence. Yeah, imagine how good we'd be. If we, how, how good this team spirit would be without uh, with a good defence. Uh, I think, yeah, like as you saw on uh, on Saturday, losing Joe Newell uh, before the kickoff was a bit of a bit of a blow because I just the way that uh, Jack Ross is currently wanting to play. It, I mean, again, I'm not going to write off Lewis Stevenson because. I think I've done that every single season uh, for the last ten, <laughs> probably. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a diff- it's, he just doesn't offer the same that uh, Newell does when from that le- left wing back position. I don't want to finish there on hips, but I do want to say one thing that I remember uh, Gary Holt saying. Uh, I think it was on sports scene, which was I say to my players, if we're going to a game, uh, try and get three points, and if you can't do that get one and it just didn't strike me as anything other than a sort of statement of common sense if you're not going to win draw but yeah that as this uh, sort of you know office wall poster yeah, style it's, it's like he's it's like that's supposed to be in any way profound yeah don't lose the football match 
Yeah, of which you're getting paid to play. Yeah, but, yeah. But you can't argue because I mean, well, you definitely can't argue. You don't want to lose a football match. I would, I absolutely would not argue with Gary. I I, th- I think um, I, I think another manager should should go opposite way. <laughs> See if it works. Reverse psychology. Lose that, no, that was essentially the Jimmy Calderwood approach, being like, we've got a point, but uh, here's seven strikers. <laughs> <laughs> Try and win this thing. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, some. Or the, or the Terry Butcher approach. You're all rubbish, and let's lose every game between now and the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, that is probably why Terry Butcher's not coached in the Premiership since. There is uh, obviously still a certain lazy strain of Scottish football and commentary who sees the name F.A. Ambrose and spells out laugh out loud, which is not the case because um, although he hasn't played for a year, over a year, over a year, he has come back into uh, Livingston have signed him on I think it's an eighteen month deal. I think his last, I think his last game was the one 0 defeat to Hearts at Easter Road in late December, December was it December thirtieth? Yeah. I would be. Uh, two thousand and eighteen. But he's um I mean he's obviously not in the same class as the Celtic players that we talked about, but he is a defender who likes to play out. That is occasionally where he has perhaps not quite uh matched his actions with what he was hoping to do, uh, which has resulted in some people tarring him with this reputation from ten years ago. But that's an excellent yeah, I mean, he certainly, certainly has a brain fart in him, but he's, he, he saw it again at the weekend. He's cap- capable of strolling through matches with ease, despite the fact, again, at the weekend he had barely played in ages. And I think it probably says a lot that he still looks fitter than Mark McNulty. <laughs> Can we, uh, um, just one final thing, which is not really related to the game, but related to the weekend and my um, hangover. I mean, he did score again, Christian Deutsch, but I had a dream on Sunday night where I got myself banned from Twitter because uh, I was so incensed that Christian Deutsch had been excluded. I, I literally could not believe he'd been excluded from the Welsh squad for the playoff games that I, uh, yeah, I got uh, myself banned by uh, sending abusive messages to every other Welsh player that was... Uh, Selected. I really want that to come true now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, would I do that? Yes. Yeah, yes, you would. I think yeah. you should send those angry messages when Greg Dockery is excluded from the next Scotland squad. Uh, we have enough midfielders, but yes, he's a good. He's a good. He, he is definitely a. <laughs> Let's just uh, have more. Stevie Clark needs to find a formation that just includes ten centre midfielders. So get. Um, so get to it. Get Dockery in the squad and get to it. We've already mentioned uh, a couple of teams that are playing the Scottish Cup this weekend. So um, Hibs have got a t- home tie against Inverness Cali. Um, how are you feeling about that, Duncan? Do you think, on the basis of current form, that should be a walk to Hamden, or do you think it's a bit of a banana skin for you? Uh, for you personally, for me personally, <laughs> it's uh, it's not because I'm going to see Sleeper Kenny in concert instead. Uh, but uh, part timer. I know, I know. Um, oh, well, no, remind I, me, what are you doing on Saturday night again? Saturday night, yeah. I, I'm going to be at the theatre. Yeah, seeing what? Seeing the play about Jim Spence. Uh, Jim Spence. What? <laughs> 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 seeing the play about Jim Spence. No, the play about Jim McLean. Smile. Right. That's getting lots of good reviews at the moment. No, you understand my passive aggressive attitude towards you on this. Uh, I presume I th- the name of this play is ironic. I think he, I think Jim Jim McLean could be a, a smiley happy guy at at points. Well, I think once maybe. Um, to yeah, going back to Inverness, yeah, uh, sorry, yeah, I think we should be all right. Like I'm not like a, I'm, uh, I'd be a bit more worried if it was a away game, but I think we I think we'll be fine. That is not the, the level of analysis, but I think we think we're, I think uh, Dodge and McNulty will be. I mean, McNulty loves playing against jobbers, so uh, and that might be his best play, best uh, teams to play against. So again, just playing against slightly inferior defenders should be enough. Going back just quickly uh, off topic to Jim McLean, I saw a fantastic uh, story online. Uh, I think it was in Alex Ferguson's biography where he talked about uh, Jim McLean phoned him up and said, I need the number of a Glasgow scout for reasons. So he went, all right, okay, um, here's the number, um, the guy's name, it's a, it's a Mr. Lion, here's the number, 014, whatever it was. He gave him the number to Glasgow Zoo. So just the image in my head of Jim McLean phoning up Glasgow Zoo and asking... Asks for Mr. Lion. Mr. Lion. Um, Hi, it's Jim, Mc- Jim McLean, manager of Dungeon 8 here. Can I speak to Mr. Lion, please? 
I tell you what, wouldn't have happened with a Dundee manager. They didn't switch on. But anyway, um, let's move. You just wouldn't scout players. They would have been switched on. Well, what is that based on? Surely, surely you need to be. If you're switched on, you would be good at you know winning football matches. It's just based on my sheer pettiness, and we're now going to move to a club that is not known for sheer pettiness, Aberdeen Football Club, <laughs> who lost um, 2-1 at home to Ross County. Now, um, I don't think we will have the ability to put the audio into this, but I did hear a fantastic little uh, clip of, I think it's the Aberdeen fan channel for Billy Mackay's winning goal. Oh yeah, I laughed like a dream um, watching it. So Duncan, do you want to give us the context for this? No, I can't really because I was quite drunk at the time. <laughs> but it just uh, it was a, it was a, it was a very funny finish. Yes. Um, so basically, uh, in short, uh, we recommend that you go and look it up. It's on somebody's timeline somewhere. Um, but they are convinced that Billy Mackay is offside when he is nothing of the sort. He has bent his run. Yes. I'm very confused about it because I haven't I haven't I haven't seen this. I didn't. No, it was anybody thought it was offside. I just watched no, the no, highlights. No, 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 literally, there's no. only one person in the yeah. world who thought and it was offside. And it's the person commentating for Aberdeen Fan TV. It's that's a bit weird. It's a classic. I, I looked at the goal and I was like, "What a goal!" And I, yeah. at no point did I think that might be offside. It's a classic of the genre. Look it up. Um, but yes, this continues Aberdeen's um, pretty mediocre form of late. Um, Derek McInnes put it down to the uh, difficulties of their schedule because I think they've been playing. Sort of Saturday, Wednesday, uh, Saturday, if, Wednesday if, for a while. If only, if only, if only Aberdeen were in some sort of position to have beaten Kilmarnock at home in the Scottish Cup, <laughs> and then Jack then Ross, they wouldn't then they wouldn't have had to go. I should point to, out that Jack Ross done the same with Hibbs' hectic schedule after drawing away to a team in the lower division. All right, I mean, happiness, <laughs> happiness is knowing you're a hypocrite. True happiness is knowing you're a hypocrite. I'm absolutely fine with that. I am. Um, oh yeah, sorry, I had this written down. Yeah, it also doesn't really excuse the fact that the last time Aberdeen beat a top flight uh, opponent at home was Boxing Day. <laughs> uh, they are not very good at the no. moment. Obviously, right. So I think it probably did come into play. It's it's just that Derek McInnes really shouldn't be saying this because they, they they had 120 minutes in midweek, so County were better rested, and Aberdeen had a man sent off. So it, it definitely come into the fact, but it doesn't excuse the fact that Aberdeen have been. Fairly poor for a few months. Since Boxing Day. Fairly poor since the start of the season, if we're really being honest. I know they're in fourth place, but Aber- no Aberdeen fans are particularly happy with this campaign. They've and been pretty pretty underwhelming for the most part. But uh, we should probably talk, or I could maybe just, before we talk about sending off, we could talk about some of the things responsible for that. So Craig Bryson, Ryan Hedges, John Gallagher, um, Fonzo Ojo, and uh, since January, Dylan McGeeuck and Matty Kennedy. None of them look particularly good. And... That's McInnes signing these players. And he's either at fault for signing players who weren't as good as they looked, or he's at fault for signing good players and not being able to use them properly. And I would maybe swing towards the latter. Uh, I would agree with that, and is exactly what happens if you go shopping and only look for the uh, Buy British label on it. Yeah, and then, and then you, you sign a, a quite a decent foreign player with a good pedigree, and Ronald Hernandez, and then you barely... Have they even played him yet? He was on the bench on Saturday. I think uh, he's been on the bench for yeah. just about every game. But and I get there might be an acclimatisation element to that, him getting up to speed for fitness and stuff like that. But, but, going it with... It uh, might be just be Derek McKinnon's raging about the fact he doesn't speak English. <laughs> I don't know, he might speak English, but it would certainly make sense. That's why he's not playing. <laughs> just like, not I'm saying like he's anyway like... Like a old dad, like shouting at a, a woman and her child speaking a different language on the bus. I'm just saying more. He just might be getting annoyed that he has to go through an interpreter at all. I'm just yeah. purely speculating. This guy might be, speak perfect English. Yeah, <laughs> like, like my mum ordering in a restaurant. <laughs> like, one <laughs> glass wine, and he just looks back at the kiddos like white, <laughs> white. I mean, it does remind me of a. Of, of a you pun. are right back. Yeah, I know I'm a right back. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally answering back <laughs> in, 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 in Doric. <laughs> I fit like man. <laughs> Sounded like a Teletubby there. Um, I mean, it also reminds me of a pundit who I won't name who uh, suggested the season that Dundee United went down because they were relegated at Dens. Um, AJ Kawashima was at fault because he was, and I quote, the young lad who doesn't speak much English, he was, I think, 31 at the time mm-hmm. and spoke perfect English yep. to the extent I think he was actually teaching it back in Japan. So, 
you know, it's almost as if, you know, people should maybe look beyond that and look at talent alone. Um, but speaking of talent, talent. Um, <laughs> I mean, Lazio target Sam Cosgrove um, has, has been had bit, He's had a case of the Morelos's in recent weeks. Yeah, he has, he has been pretty poor. Aberdeen fans were singling him out, saying that he, he doesn't look like he can really be arsed at the moment, and that Curtis Main has given the team... What was it I say? Uh, right, uh, this was a quote for the Aberdeen fans website. Cur- Curtis Main uh, or Curtis Miami? Uh, Curtis Miami. Yeah. Uh, Main looks streets ahead of Cosgrove at the moment. That's an utterly terrifying sentence if you're an Aberdeen fan. Especially There's, given he was signed purely because he scored two goals against them yeah, in the you, Scottish semi. You saw with the goal how that partnership might work because then because i think we were like, well, what, what, like you can't really see it and there's definitely there's no elan or um sophistication towards it to uh, involve in it but you could see uh with quite ruthless wingers and 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 or you know, have uh, or having support in number 10 how that as a partnership might work but uh again mckinnis you just don't know what he's trying to achieve with aberdeen at the moment so you're like why are you signing all these players? You seem to be signing players not because of how they'll fit into the team, but just because he quite likes them, but then can't make them all work together. So there's certainly, I mean, Aberdeen are the, the best example, I think, of a team in the season who are, are, are weaker than some other parts. Oh, definitely. Absolutely, 100%. We I, should. I, I think them and Hearts would be the most underperforming teams, which I think tells you a lot about Aberdeen's squad that they're still fourth. <laughs> Says you a lot about our squad as well. Is that they're uh, not that um, also uh, another point in this game? Um, Ross Lidl's still a Premiership goalkeeper. Yeah, we should. every time it just blows my tiny little mind. But we should probably give him some praise because that was oh, a he, really good save from Niall McGinn at one each. Yeah, I mean, the, and there's that's the thing about Ross Lidl is he has he has great performances in him. It's just that uh, mentally he he is questionable. Uh, and that's why he doesn't play consistently. We need to talk about the red card. Uh, we also yes. should probably talk about the goals as well. And Ross County too. Um, yes. So let's let's start with the red card. I mean, this was for me... Funny. Yeah, well, it was the exact opposite of uh, the red card that we saw at Celtic Park in that it was entirely justified. And I, was, I for one, was glad to see it. Um, because if you're on a yellow already, why block a free kick? And especially not even just like standing in front of it, but actually swinging your leg out to block the free kick kick being quickly taken you're not superman yeah to do so as well i think it was two minutes after it was like certainly less than five minutes after the red card i mean you can maybe understand somebody doing that if you're one nil up in the last minute and you're just trying to do anything to waste time you're not really thinking straight but i mean i know he's young but come on just let him take the quick free kick yeah. i mean county have won i think prior to the weekend and county have won like three games in 21 or something like that just you won the lap, just don't do anything stupid. And, and it was a very, very stupid thing to do. It doesn't help your very tired uh, teammates. But does it? I mean, I, and and that's one of the reasons why you've brought, why you're you're starting the game is because you are should be fresher yes, <laughs> in legs than anyone else. He like, came on in midweek and yeah, played but, well. So he deserved his chance, yeah. but and now he has uh, fucked it. Yeah, and given, given how reluctant... McInnes is to stick with youngsters as well. Mm. Uh, it's not, you know, you have to, like, Bruce Anderson was coming on scoring goals and it still wasn't guaranteed him a place on the bench, you know, weeks after, uh, in the weeks after. So, uh, yeah, I think you would. Scottish teenagers don't have a real grasp of English either. So, this is maybe something in the stadium, mate. <laughs> Derek should keep at that. Yeah. But another uh, set of people who should keep at it are Ross County because that was a big three points for them in what did look for a while like a four-way tussle at the bottom. They've probably not done enough to get themselves fully disentangled. No, but, no, but, but just by virtue of winning is, yeah. is, is, is a, a big thing. I mean, so the equaliser, Mackay's header, I did that when I was like, I can't believe he's scoring from there. Like you were that, and sort of like, do we do we think uh, it should it should be a, a, an easy save or not an easy save, but like, or, or is it just such a good piece of technique? From no, the I think I think it's a brilliant piece of technique. I think he puts it in the only spot where the goalkeeper can't get it, and it was actually one of those finishes where I was like, wow, like that's really good. And then he scored the next one. I was like, oh, Jesus, I mean, <laughs> so, this guy is it's the old Billy McKay. Yeah. You're supposed to relegate your teams, Billy. Um, I mean, it's also, I think it's the arc of the header yeah. as well. So yeah. it's not just the um, the place where he puts it, where Lewis is having to go back the way to try and get it. It's the fact that it's dipping down yeah. so that it drops. It, it drops. No like, way. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, quite shallow. Like, I mean, I think that's from from seeing County in the flesh, uh, 
just 10 days before or whatever, they're perfectly happy in possession. You know, they're a good team to watch um, if slightly um, blunt, you know, in the final third. But, and you saw for the winning goal, is that uh, if you give them space, then you know, it should be a lot easier. And by virtue of being knackered and then going down to 10 men, that's how the, the winner came about, was that the county were able to, as ponderous as they come, sometimes can be in possession, especially getting towards the final third, they were able to create that space that uh, that, that, that gives them what is going to be a vital three points. Harry Payton and Josh Mullen were singled out for some praise. I think the way that this game goes, where we talked about Aldeed and maybe getting tired, I think they're, both of their abilities to kind of drive with the ball and, and play with a lot of energy probably helped County's cause. Payton has looked, he's not played every week, but he certainly looked very promising for County. And I think in all the all the kind of turnover that's happened to Hearts in recent years, something that I think you should criticise the turnover because I think Hearts should have worked on some of their players a bit more rather than just getting rid of them and, and bringing in new ones and them being just as crap or even worse. Uh, but there's not many players you could actually look at and say, see, he was actually quite good. Bjorn Jonsson, but there's not many mo- others. And Harry Payton might be one of those because he didn't even get looking at Hearts. And now he's playing and playing well in the top flight and he's playing for a team that are 10 points above his former club. 10 points? Is that the gap now? I'm pretty sure it is. That's fun. So they're not pro- county aren't going to get they're all- automatically relegated. You would think unless they lose just every game between the, now and the end of the season. And even then, Hearts getting ten points doesn't look too great at the moment. But I still think that we need another one or two victories to make sure of avoiding the relegation playoff. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been speaking about the bottom of the table, so we might as well go to the final game that actually took place this weekend. Uh, no, I think we destroying can destroying Friday night. The Friday night's game being off was uh, was a real. Down to low moment for me when I found out that was being postponed, knowing that it was going to be in the the presence of so many jambos. But we would have won, Duncan. We would have won easy. It would have been. A you win- would have ended up with egg on your face. It would have been a win-win for me because I would either see a lot of very sad jambos or I'd see you and Tony cuddling each other in the corner. We yeah, were-, were doing that later on. Anyway, yeah, you were doing it later on, so it didn't really matter. I think in all the people that turned up for to to that pub in in Manchester. For my stag do, there was, I think I worked out, there was going to be seven Hibs fans and six Hearts fans. It would have been quite interesting. It would have been. And it probably would have been a lot more interesting than the 0-0. Um, in fairness, it was I think actually... the game being called off was more interesting than the 0-0. <laughs> um, so obviously, uh, the Lanarkshire derby, such as it was, was 0-0. The main bit of excitement coming from um, a red card that was and a red card that was not to be as well. So if we go to... Uh, Chris Long's red card first of all again I think that probably falls in the Dean Campbell bracket of it's, you really should be thinking about this mate yeah and it's a, it's a classic case of uh, when you when you think you've been fouled and you get annoyed that the referee's not given it that you uh, lash it's a, out it's you a very out. weird time of the game to do that well, like, especially two minutes after you've just been booked for a really oh no sorry I thought you meant the kicking the ball away because I think that was oh, his, yeah, his yeah. thing as well was oh, yeah, he, that, he that was foul. just petulance he gave away a foul when he thought he was yeah. fouled initially and then yeah, to, to kick the ball away like that in the first half is quite, I mean, put a lid on it, mate. <laughs> I mean, that obviously followed. Um, the other one that I alluded to was, I think it was only four minutes in, Johnny Hunt um, went flying into a tackle with, I can't remember who it was, it was one of the Motherwell players, and he earned a yellow for it. I missed but, this, so I, I watched the SPFL highlights, I don't think it was on it. Right, um, if you, um, if anyone watches the highlights on sports scene, what you'll see is four minutes in, can't remember who it is from Motherwell that's on the ball, but Johnny Hunt just comes flying out of stage left, um, <laughs> absolutely flying, and wipes him out. Um, and the referee gives the yellow. It's a terrible argument to make, but if that was, say, in the 54th or 64th minute rather than the 4th minute, it may have ended up being a straight red. But it's, it's not necessarily a terrible argument. That's probably what happened. I think, what, I think exactly that's what, what most happened. referees accept. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and, and again, there's also that element of... Um, it was absolutely filthy conditions. Like it was yeah. absolutely horrible. Uh, we were. You probably just slipped to the halfway line, and there's momentum <laughs> just took <laughs> the entire way. But no, I think that 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 uh, referees are prone to to giving one away, or you know, mm-hmm. when it is really bad weather, and especially in a derby. Especially uh, bad weather, derby, very early in the match. It's not right, but it's an imperfect. Referees are in refereeing an imperfect sport. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's not as if there was much else to take from the game. I mean, we all know that Motherwell are on a bit of a poor run, albeit I understand that David Turnbull is on the bench. 
um, for their game against St Mirren, so that might be a bit of a late season fillip for them. And th- Ake's just th- want to grind yeah, I mean, I think mother, mother, de- yeah. Sorry, I think uh, they definitely need his injection. They've been really poor this year. And, you know, and that's uh, Carroll's out for the rest of the season now. I think it was was confirmed, and it, they just uh, on Sunday and in the few games before they've, they've kind of looked like a team that's that's running out of ideas. And then they were going up against a team that struggled to score goals. Uh, so essentially, the Lanarkshire Derby is now the new Edinburgh Derby. Like, um, <laughs> don't think it's that bad. No, no, it's not that bad yet. Um, but again, yeah, I suppose I was just I was going through Pine Bovril and stuff, and <laughs> so Motherwell fan. So it's quite insane that we are still a point clear in third, despite mm-hmm. how bad we've been over the last few weeks. Yeah, uh, it's, it's considering Tumble's come back. It's it's probably a good point for Motherwell. The they moved into, I think I read, they moved into a 4-3-2, which uh, something Gerrard's done quite a lot of Rangers when they've had a man sent off, uh, when they had enough practice last season. And <laughs> it seems to work a lot better than, than sticking with most managers. We go... Keep like, one up front. Yeah, 4-4-1. And I think that just means that you, you don't retain enough of the ball and you don't ask the opponents enough questions and you just allow them to come at you a bit more. Whereas if you, you keep the three in the centre, you just kind of give up the wings and, and try and kind of coax the other team into just hitting long balls in the box and sometimes that'll, that'll work against you. I mean, if Hearts try to do that, I think that would not be a particularly good tactic because John Souter and Craig Halkett usually win about four headers between them in a match. But uh, Motherwell, they've got Gallagher, they've got Hartley, guys who are, who are decent in the air and I think Aki's in this one in the second half, for what I read, just ran out of ideas. Little tempo about them. Little invention attempts. The plan just to be give it to David Templeton, see if he could do something, and he just continually fired shots over the crossbar. And that's fine. A- that's fine when it's a second half half sub. But if, but if the if that is your only game plan, then it's a bit. Defenders just know exactly what to do, and just re- re- like Templeton's not really renowned for having long range accuracy. So you just yeah. you just keep them out, 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 out of the box. It's a very it's a missed opportunity definitely for Akis because. I mean, you're playing at home to your rivals, 10 men. Your rivals have been in ridiculously bad form as well of late. You beat them the last time you played. You've you've actually got a bit of confidence after the the, the performance at Tynecastle. Fair enough, they may, may have taken a dent by not getting all three points, but I think most of them would have been very happy with the way they played. And they and the only reason they didn't win match, that match is because they went down to 10 men. Now their opponent go down to 10 men and they just can't capitalise. Uh, one more word I meant to mention this. Marco Hara is... Not a lot of Motherwell players have been getting praise recently, but Marco Hara has. They love his industry and he's... Uh, of course they love his industry. And uh, he was getting a lot of praise for shutting down attacks in this game and I think he was getting praise in the, the campaign about... I think somebody described him on the Motherwell forum as their most complete midfielder after the game against St Mirren. So Made. Gary, as a, as a former Dundee fan who watched Mark O'Hara a lot, what is your take on this? Made of steel. No, um, Mark O'Hara is a frustrating player to watch. He didn't really have a position when he was at Dundee. Um, He was still, I think at Kelly, he was a centre-back mostly. We didn't use him there or right back. But I am shocked by that revelation. Yep, we we tried him as um, sort of a deep-line midfielder. We tried him as an attacking midfielder. We tried having him just do both at the same time. We tried him out on the right wing. Um, He doesn't have the best touch in the world, um, which is probably an understatement. he does give you something different in the same way that Ross Callaghan gave Dundee something different when he signed, which is basically if you've got a turgid midfield that just sort of goes side to side, he will at least try and do something with it. And some of the times that'll work, some of the times it won't. Um, and clearly from Motherwell fans at the moment, it's something to cling on to. Um, I don't think he's going to be the long-term solution for them. But but they've got Turnbull back, so that's fine. And that's why he's not going to be the long-term solution. <laughs> <laughs> So we um, would finish there because that's all the games, but I suppose we should touch on St Mirren and Hearts as well. Is there anything to say? I know obviously the game didn't take place, but is there anything, I know there'll be stuff you won't say about Hearts, but is there anything in particular that comes to mind ahead of their Scottish Cup tie against Rangers? Oh God, I don't want to think about that because uh, Hearts will probably only sell about 5,000 tickets because it's on the TV, it costs £30 to get in and they're bottom of the league. So I don't think anybody's going to want to go to that. And if you look at the... And it's been a really expensive month for fans. Last, yeah, and the, Dar- months, the like, derby's coming up as well, the, the midweek after, which I also I don't Tuesday, think is sold yeah, out. Yeah. Like it's, it's, so it's uh, £30 for Rangers and £32 for Hibs. £62 meant, pounds to watch Team Bottom of the League. 
pass. Hard pass. But uh, to talk about this game getting postponed, it probably was a good thing for Hearts because Liam Boyce was going to be out, Toby Civic was going to be out. And those are the two players that were signed in January that have actually looked like they can make Hearts better. So without them, it's just a team that was dreadful before the turn of the year. And of course, you would have had... Um, but on the other side of that, you would have been coming up against a St Mirren team who had just come out of a two-hour slog with Motherwell in the Cup um, just a few days before, so you might have got them at... Uh, that's, yeah, that's a bit of a good point. point as well. Although I do think as well, Hearts can maybe do with just spending a bit more work on the training ground for Stendhal to try and figure out how how to do a press without leaving the defence horribly exposed all the time. Let me tell you, you just shouldn't have got rid of Christoph Berra. Two clean sheets. Wait, what league are you playing in? The league that you'll be playing in next season. <laughs> Damn it, should have saw that coming. Open goal. You'll see a lot of those at Tyne Castle too. So we will leave it there for now. Um, Duncan and I have already, we're revealing the secrets of the show here, but we have already done a Patreon, which touches on um, some of the issues which have come up around James Keating's um Mikey Stewart's big return to the BBC and we've also recommended a couple of books as well so it's a real cultural and intellectual powerhouse of a Patreon if you want to listen to it it'll cost you two bucks five bucks yeah two bucks it's going to be the two but okay so we're on the cheap tier never mind but it's still why would you think you'd be on the five tier one why not it's, it's the one we'd record in addition to the show. It's always the two pound one or two dollars. Ah, well, you know, it's, we've only been doing it. We've only been doing it for about fucking two years. I know, but I do listen occasionally. But <laughs> hopefully, you will continue to listen to us and even subscribe to the Patreon, which I promise is a lot of fun. So, until we speak to you again, thank you for listening and goodbye, Craig. Goodbye and goodbye, Duncan. Goodbye. See ya. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.